Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Joan Smith, author of the new novel, The Other Side of Infinity. New York Times bestselling author Laura Taylor Namey wrote about the novel, The Other Side of Infinity Possesses Everything I Love Best About YA Literature. A fresh whirlwind premise meets creative storytelling and two of the most well-drawn, compelling characters I've ever read. Nick and December are simply unforgettable. Joan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, The Other Side of Infinity, how would you describe the novel? It is a dual point of view, young adult contemporary novel with a speculative twist, which is kind of a mouthful. (laughs) Um, It follows December, who is a secretly prophetic teen, and Nick, who is a lifeguard who has dyslexia. And uh, December intervenes in saving a drowning victim that she was not supposed to save, and that creates a butterfly effect style uh, hurricane of repercussions, basically. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing The Other Side of Infinity? I do. It was twofold. I, um, at the time, I had a newborn, and I had this thought in the middle of the night when he was being cranky. Um, I was like, oh, I, I wish I could just have no anxiety about whatever's going to come next with this kid, like a, the new mom type of thing. And uh, knowing how much sleep I was going to get next. I, I wish I knew everything. <laughs> so that is what created December, um, a teenager who does pretty much know everything. Um, and then Nick was a character who uh, was inspired by actually the loss of a friend of mine named Nick. There was always that question of, you know, what if somebody could have saved him and that kind of thing. So that's what I put into this novel instead, because I couldn't do that. What was your original writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? I have a really unique experience there in that the first novel I had published uh, called The Half-Orphan's Handbook, which came out in the middle of the pandemic, um, that was the first book I actually ever wrote. So I had the idea um, in 2016, I think, and over a series of a couple of years, I would write it, I would edit it, I revised it, and then um, I eventually got an agent, and the trajectory just kind of continued from there. And had you written before that first novel? Um, had you always been a writer, or was it just you had the idea and sat down and decided to be a writer? I don't remember not being a writer. Even when I was a kid, my mom got me um, this old word processor at a yard sale. And I remember, (laughs) I remember writing stories and setting them into like 17 magazine and YM and they, they're since been lost to the hands of time. Thank goodness. But it was just always definitely a part of me. Um, and then right out of college, I actually went right for my, um, MFA. So I knew that it was in my path, but I also knew I had to be gainfully employed while I was doing so because it takes a while. What was your MFA experience like? It was great. Um, It was at Emerson College in Boston. And uh, I I went right out of my undergrad. So I had zero breaks, which in retrospect, I sort of do wish I took a little bit of time off in between. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was commuting in, and it was a three-year full-time uh, program, which means that I was there two to three nights a week, depending on my schedule, and just writing, writing, writing the whole time. It was great. And did you stay in touch with any of your classmates? Do you do you um, read each other's work? I do not have a critique partner relationship with anybody from the program. There are a couple people that I check in with on uh, social media sometimes and one or two professors that I hear from every now and again, too. Sure. So what is it about YA literature that appeals to you as a writer? There's something about recapturing that feeling from when you're a teenager that I'm really interested in. And I suppose it's a little bit cliche, but the teens are the people who are going to lead the next group of people into the future. Um, And I actually teach teens a very, very part-time. I teach dance and uh, I just love all of them so much. And I love how they look at the world. And there's something really compelling to me um, about coming of age journeys. I actually do uh, write adult fiction as well. It's what I'm working on right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. definitely split when it comes to age groups, but there's something so almost undefinable about the teenage experience that I'm really drawn to. And is there anything that you do to try to, uh, to try to uh, not necessarily capture, but, but to kind of get a sense of, of the worldviews and and how teens in 2023 are navigating the world? Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a writer can dip into the bank of their own memories, but the world changes so fast. So there's no way that my own experiences are going to define what literature of today is. I do a lot of research and I think a lot about the impact that the pandemic has had on this population and the impact social media has on this population and how difficult it must be to be a teenager today uh, in comparison to when I was a teen or when my parents or grandparents were teens. There's a whole new slew of problems. Um, Right now, in some ways, at least uh, the population that I know of around us in Massachusetts, they're world outlooks are so much more beautiful than I think they were that then I think that they were so many years ago, but in other ways they're dealing with problems that no teen should have to deal with. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons, or the moment you discover the life changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yes, absolutely. And as as a parent of two teens in Massachusetts, I kind of agree with you. I don't I don't think that we have um, even begun to to understand the impact of the pandemic, especially. And this is not in any way a political um, statement, but um, my teens were in a school system that was remote for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we were very diligent as well as a family. So so there was definitely isolation going on. Same here. Um, yeah. My daughter yeah. started kindergarten during all of that. So that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I, I'm in agreement that um, it's interesting to see how they're, it's going to play out. What was your writing process when you were working on this novel? Are you an outliner or plotter, or did you just dive into the narrative as you thought of the story? I cannot personally start a story until I know how it's going to end. Um, I always think of the writer John Irving, actually, when I (laughs) think of this, because he always writes, I think it's the last sentence of the book he writes before he writes the first, something like that. And that has always stuck with me since I was probably a teenager myself. Um, So I am definitely a planner. The first thing I do before I commit to a story is I write a full synopsis, which I know is the bane of most writers' existences. But it's the only thing that I can do in order to basically test its viability. And then I'll I'll break down from there. I might not necessarily have each uh, beat or each scene choreographed, but I do know the general consensus of what's going to happen. And I also give myself incredible permission to deviate from that or to change that or to do anything I might need to do in the meantime. Sure. And what does that what does that original um, outline or or, um, synopsis look like? Is it is it, you know, several pages and it's kind of a, a breakdown of the story? Yes, I actually I have to start by. Uh, some, sometimes I do, you know, index cards or note cards. I, d- I do have to start with something tangible and manipulate something with my hands. So I typically handwrite a ton of stuff first. Mm-hmm. And then I actually will take scissors to paper and cut it out and move it around. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I type everything up and, you know, it, it turns into a probably seven to eight page synopsis from there. Well, given your experience to date uh, with uh, your novels and writing, what writing advice would you offer for those who are writing their own stories and novels? I think the most important thing is to um, read both in and outside of your genre and to study the market. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that, but I do think it's true. Um, and then on top of that, anybody can do a kind of self-study on different craft books and really learn what it means to plot something and how a character's wants and or needs should change by the end of a book. There's 
a lot of analytical things that go into novel writing that I think a lot of people don't really realize until they give it a go themselves and see what does and doesn't work. So um, immersing yourself in different stories or even, you know, I'm a huge fan of a lot of different TV shows and movies, and I study story and plot in those as well. Um, so doing that, I think, is going to help arm somebody as best as they can in developing that career. Well, you mentioned that you're working on a new novel now, and you you mentioned that it's uh, for an adult audience. Um, yes. Is that just basically um, based on the idea that came to you after you finished writing The Other Side of Infinity? Um, or did you did you willingly try to come up with an idea for adults? So I did something that I've never done before, which was last summer, I willingly made myself take a break. Um, my kids were both home from school for the summer and uh, job changes, everything happened and I was home too. So we were all of a sudden left with this free time and I really made use of it. I I invented a no screens during the day rule unless it was raining and I stuck to that pretty well too. Um, I did a ton of reading. I did a ton of movie watching and a ton of discussions. And then all of a sudden, this uh, idea for the new book basically downloaded into my brain at one time. <laughs> and that I stayed up super late one night and just scrawled as much as I could. And I'm not really a night worker, so this was different. Um, and yeah, it, it arrived basically fully formed for me, which is kind of my process. Things download, we call it. <laughs> what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? I'm currently reading... Oh, can you still hear me, Jeff? Yes, I can. Okay, great. I'm yep. currently reading uh, Rebecca Mackay's um, I Have Some Questions for You, I believe it's called. It's mm -hmm. it's been I'm midway through it right now and it's really interesting. Um, I just read The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then my one of my writing partners, her um arc just showed up on my doorstep yesterday. So I'll be rereading um, uh, Laura Taylor Namie's A British Girl's Guide to Hurricanes and Heartbreak, which is coming out in September. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? I am on most social media platforms. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, my handle is JF underscore S-M-I-T. So JF underscore Smit, no H, because it's a very common name. <laughs> um, and then my website is joanfsmithbooks.com. Well, again, we've been speaking to Joan Smith, author of the novel, The Other Side of Infinity. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Joan, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.